0: Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. Well, hey, thanks for um, joining us today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here.
0: And you're, you're calling in from um, warmer climates, I hear.
1: Well, yes, I'm down in Phoenix for the week, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. But it's not that much warmer; it's 44 degrees.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? Why don't you? Why don't we start by having you just introduce yourself to the our audience?
1: Yeah, so I'm Tim Keene. I'm the founder and director of Golden Angels Investors uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I met you when I did um, was raising money for Terra's Way, and that was. When would have that have been it was probably two thousand and eight something like that. So you've been something doing like that, yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. So you've been doing this for a while. Since
1: two thousand and two,
0: actually. Wow. So, um, did you did you have your own business that you sold? Is that how you got I into did. this? I did.
1: I yeah. The brief answer is I left General Electric in nineteen eighty four going with a couple of guys in what became a data analytics company that turned into a thing called retail target marketing systems. And hmm. in 1999, we sold that for about, uh, $25 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, uh, I, I, I don't know what I was going to do exactly, mm-hmm. but, uh, I had done all this data analytics stuff, and. um, uh, I got asked to teach in an MBA program, and one thing led to another, and all of a sudden I was the entrepreneur in residence and the head of the Kohler Center at Marquette in Uh
2: Milwaukee.
1: And while doing that, um, we thought we might start an angel group Mm -hmm. uh, as an idea to help students with their businesses. Well, Mm -hmm. we did help one faculty member with a business that's going (laughs) to be quite successful, we believe, but we still own it. So, pharmaceuticals. Um, But we got bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, as I stopped teaching and uh, did other things, including this, uh, we're now 110 investors and about 70 people we call Golden Angels Advisors, which is a nifty program for folks who are not yet investors but want to see how it all works.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, when we opened that up, we thought we'd get 10 or 12 people, and in short order, we had 50, and today I think we have 70. So.
0: Fantastic. Uh,
1: yeah, so it's, it's very nice. It helps people understand what we do and how we do it and right. how they might right. think about wanting to do it and all that kind
0: of Right, thing. right, right, because I think people are used to—I mean, entrepreneurs are puzzled enough about about um, angel investors, but then angel investors or prospective ones are kind of puzzled about the whole thing, too, so— sounds like you're hitting both sides of the equation.
1: Well, they, no one should feel like the Lone Ranger on that one. I mean, right. uh, I wish I had a dollar for everything I didn't know when I started doing this myself in yeah. 1984. And that's something. Um, it is. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a subtle and interesting topic.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, so now, right now, Wisconsin Golden Angels, um, you're... So maybe you can talk about kind of how you work. so if you're if you're an entrepreneur who's looking for at raising some equity, would they approach Wisconsin Golden Angels and then what happens you know?
1: Yeah the, well the way our process works is mechanically we have a website goldenangelsinvestors.com, I guess mm-hmm. and um, there's a place to put an application for consideration mm-hmm. So we get, A lot of those. I'll come back to that. But uh, so we look at every single one of them, and we have uh, a committee that meets once a month on a Friday that looks at all the applications that have come in, either in technology or healthcare. Mm -hmm. Then we respond to everyone Mm -hmm. whose applications we have looked at. Sometimes we invite them to, if there's interest, to come to the next meeting. And if there's then more interest, we Go through a process where we get them ready to present to our entire membership uh, at a dinner that we usually hold about mm, four to six times a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and from that dinner, people make decisions about investments. Individual people do. We're, mm-hmm. we're not fund. Uh, and then we then we invest. We just mm-hmm. closed one yesterday.
0: Actually. Nice. So that that's a the kind of a defining difference, right, between a um, and. Uh, angel group and a venture fund, right? Because it's really up to the individuals to decide what they want to invest and in, what they don't.
1: Yes, I, I, it, it is. In some angel groups, uh, although not many anymore, each individual person makes a separate deal with the company. Mm, mm-hmm. that, that just is really, really burdensome and difficult. Right,
0: cumbersome though. for everybody.
1: Yeah, not really practical. So what we do is our members say, you know, say there are 30 people that say, well, we'll invest in this company, and Mm -hmm. that totals up to be, you know, a million dollars. And we sit down with the company and work out the deal, Mm -hmm. and the investors come in as a single group. So to the entrepreneur, the investment is only one investor that you have to... I see. For, not not thirty, and mm-hmm. there aren't thirty pieces of paper and all that. Mm-hmm.
0: Stuff. Well, that's a big advantage for the for the entrepreneur as well.
1: Right? It is. I mean, angel groups can be slower than venture guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if the venture capital company decides they like an investment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they'll take it to their committee, and sometimes they can make a decision in a couple of weeks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or or maybe even faster. Um, we tend to be longer than that because of the process. Right. We also tend to be earlier stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, in general terms, we don't invest as much money as a mm-hmm. venture capital company might. Right. Although that's not always true.
0: Mm hmm. Well, yeah. So it, it just for, for entrepreneurs out there, when they're trying to think about this, it, it is more likely, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but more likely that the first equity you're going to bring in after friends and family is going to be a, um, an angel investor and not a fund.
1: Probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty safe assumption. Probably. Maybe not on untar- 100% true, but pretty safe. And you guys, um, sp- you kind of specialize, if you want to call it that, in tech and, and biotech, medical stuff? Is that what I hear?
1: We do uh, a lot of technology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've had a FinTech event, an EdTech event, AgTech event mm-hmm. to... Have companies showcase themselves to our membership.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we, but then we do a lot of healthcare also because a bunch of us are XG healthcare. Uh,
0: so we right. have a lot
1: of healthcare expertise in the room. Mm-hmm. So we've also done a lot of healthcare investments.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems to me that that's one of the things about angel investors in general is that they tend to invest in things they know. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that you know, my our audience tends to be around food and ag, and I think one of the things that um, we run into when trying to raise equity is, especially in a place like Madison, there's a lot of expertise and comfort in investing in, say, biotech and software companies and maybe apps, right? But this whole food and ag thing is pretty alien.
1: Well, yes, I hear what you're saying, and and of course when we decided that. It was a topic we wanted to learn more about. What we did is, first of all, we went out and and became investors ourselves in a thing called Open Prairie, Mm -hmm. which is an ag tech fund, because Mm -hmm. that would give us some intellectual leadership that Mm -hmm. we didn't necessarily have. And then we had an ag tech event uh, last October, and we had 12 12 companies in, 12 15, and Um, listen to all their presentations and Mm -hmm. and uh, I think are going to wind up investing in uh, uh, two or three nice Uh, uh, but it's because we got an overview of the industry Mm -hmm. by listening to people and talking to them and beginning to understand how it all lays out and then you begin we hope to know what you do know and what you don't know right so so that you can begin
0: to yeah, and bring people in. that out, yeah. So is, uh, Open Prairie. Are they in Michigan?
1: St. Louis, Missouri.
0: St. Louis, that's right.
1: Eff- that's Effingham, right. Illinois, I think, mm-hmm. but, but St. Louis there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So you you got the technical expertise by by basically becoming part of Open Prairie, at least investor in the fund. Is is Open Prairie a fund? Yeah, that's a venture capital. It's a venture fund. capital fund, yeah. yeah. So, um somebody like Open Prairie would participate. I mean, they are they looking for bigger deals than you would. Yeah.
1: So this is one of those bigger longer conversations, but venture capitalists tend to want to invest a certain size amount of money. You know, some people say three to ten million. Mm-hmm. There are, of course, great big firms that don't want to do anything under fifty. Right. Uh, Open Prairie, and then they and then they do this at stages. Some want to be mm-hmm. the first professional venture, and some want to be the last before the company uh, successfully exits or goes public. And mm-hmm. Open Prairie tends to be in the second category. They tend to be mm-hmm. later stage. Investors, so they're looking for companies that have
0: have a significant some traction and revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that trajectory um, plays out in food. Yeah, kind of the same. Uh, I mean, the the what I see happening right now for food, anyway, is um, that uh, brands are being bought when they're smaller by strategic buyers, which is kind of interesting, right? You don't have to be. Up and running and growing as much anymore. Um, even from the time I did Terra's Way, it's changed. But that's not true for ag tech. I, I think ag tech is still tracking in a similar way.
1: Well, um, there are buyers emerging, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, companies we've seen, you know, a fair amount of those. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And it yeah, and you know, so so the opportunity for an entrepreneur who wants to have a successful exit. And, of course, there are perfectly good reasons not to want to do that. Mm-hmm. For those that do want to do that, in it's it's not too difficult to know or learn what the buyers are looking for. And if, if you know that, then uh, you have to be able to decide that you can do that or not. And if you can do that, then that becomes the focus of the company. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, the customer who buys your product is always your first concern. Right. And the other important customer is where the, the money is going to come from to run the company uh, until you get to the goal you want to get to. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that the methods and the, You know the sales processing or whatever it is that the investors want is in place to 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 make it more possible for you to succeed.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, when just as it because you are doing what you're doing at um, Wisconsin Golden Angels, I think it would be useful for to hear you talk a bit about like what you look for because how many people how many applications do you get?
1: Well. Uh, I hear from two or three people a day, I suppose, and mm. my other um, two co directors probably hear from two or three a day
0: mm-hmm. each. So that's, that's a lot.
1: Uh, that is a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of that is um, somebody who's got a question or they're doing a, a, a non high tech healthcare sort of startup and they're looking for advice or they're later stage and they're really looking more for private equity or mm-hmm. sometimes they have good cash flow and they need a bank loan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of our hallmarks, I hope, uh, although it's up to the, to your listeners, to decide, but one of our hallmarks, mm-hmm. I hope, is that we talk to everybody.
0: Right. So nice. that if somebody
1: asks mm-hmm. a question, we try to give them a respectful answer and we never say, this is a bad idea, right? Because it's not our position to judge. Mm-hmm. You know what we say is this works for us or it doesn't work for us. We don't have a focus in this area, we don't right. Have right? Or we really do like this a lot. Come mm-hmm. and talk to us or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we probably see mm, three hundred applications mm-hmm. a year, and we wind up investing in in new companies probably. Four or five mm-hmm. a year, although as a group, we last year made 38 investments. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's follow-on rounds of current companies.
0: Sure, sure. Well, one of the great things about that is here we are in Wisconsin where everybody's always complaining about not having enough um, investor capital here, and the fact that you're doing that much investing is a really good thing. You know?
1: Yeah, I- I think it's probably true that there are certainly classifications of startups that will do better in places that are higher, more highly concentrated in their area of expertise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're going to start, maybe this is a terrible example, I only say it to illustrate geography not mm-hmm.
2: about entrepreneurs,
1: but if you're going to start a wine company, probably Napa Valley or Sonoma Valley or at least Northern California is a more likely place than... Here.
0: Right.
1: Um, but uh, but that having been said, I can name a couple of pretty good wineries. Yeah, here. yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's not an ironclad rule. It's mm-hmm. just that it's probably easier uh, to find investors who understand what you're talking about where mm-hmm. there are concentrations of them in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Yeah, one of the things that I've observed around here is we tend to have investors around here who understand manufacturing. Maybe it's not food, but it's manufacturing something. And that is less likely to happen on the coast, in my experience, just interacting with clients. Um, So it's interesting because I I think, in a way, it's a comparative advantage for us.
1: No, I think that's right. Clearly, there's lots of that around
0: Mm -hmm right and in you know, and in food and ag, there tends to be stainless steel somewhere in the business, and it does seem to it I think it helps the investors feel comfortable in investing in these companies. um yeah, in the West Coast, everybody's like, "Oh, let somebody else manufacture. This is all about the brand, and you know that that can only go so far in food, so I think we do have an advantage here,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably
0: right. Yeah, yeah. And and this ag tech thing that you did um, was a new thing for, for our state. That was pretty exciting.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, thank you. I, I, you know, we try to be conveners mm-hmm. uh, amongst the whole world of conveners. I mean, it's not uh, – one of the things about the angel investment – Business, I don't know the business, but the angel investment thing is, uh, you have to be collaborative. You have to be willing to sit around the table with everybody
2: because mm-hmm.
1: that you, you're going to need other investors. You're certainly looking for more expertise. You want to be, you want to make sure when you're talking about something that you are giving good advice instead of. Bad advice. I mean, the mm-hmm. worst thing an entrepreneur can do is get an investor who turns out to be the sales prevention department. Right, the pre- sales uh,
0: prevention and, department. I love it.
1: And you know that has happened. It I mean, has uh, happened. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So we try to we you know we we try to be uh, really cooperative, and and mm-hmm. uh, we think that helps everybody.
0: Yeah, and I think the other the other part is there's a lot of. As I said, I think in some ways angel investors have as many questions about this as the entrepreneurs do, and it's got to be helpful to the investors to have a group like that.
1: Well, we think so. I mean, just from the investors' point of view, well, the entrepreneurs too, I suppose, the the tax um, laws and the complexity of the tax laws uh, are – substantial now mm-hmm. i mean um we looked the other day i'm going to get the name of this wrong but the, in wisconsin in in the federal tax system there's something called qualified small business stock section right. 1244 which exempts you from capital gains in a successful sale mm-hmm. up to a certain limit and under certain conditions and with a certain kind of stock and, and so forth um and in, and in the state of Wisconsin, there's similar uh, legislation, but to qualify in Wisconsin, you need to be on this registry for the year before you sell the company. And if you look at the registry, which is public data, mm-hmm. there are very few companies on,
0: on it, it, it because
1: mm-hmm. so many people aren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so they sell the company and they miss out on this tax benefit because they weren't aware that that, that rule was there. Um, in addition, the the federal legislation, uh, and this is one of those important things about angel investing, the federal legislation um, allows the investor to take the first million dollars of a loss as an ordinary income loss offset, mm-hmm. which is really, really important.
2: And right. Right.
1: If you think about it, what's going on here is uh, many of the companies we're investing in are either pre-revenue or have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of revenue. There's an awful lot of...
0: Losses. Execution mm-hmm. risk. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, you know, it it's mm-hmm. it, 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 it how it works. And and I can name all the good reasons why uh, companies fail. And, right. You know, it, it, it's almost not, never, that it's a bad idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so one of the things that the federal tax code says is we understand how risky that early stage investment is. So if you invest one hundred thousand dollars and you lose it all, uh, you can deduct that against your income, which is a which is an unheard of tax benefit. But I mean mm-hmm. today, capital losses I think you're limited to three thousand dollars a year of deduction. So if you lose thirty thousand dollars, it's ten years it's before you can write it all off.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, and um, so that's, you know, so we keep track of all that, all, of mm. all that. We manage all the all the state of Wisconsin tax credit work for our members. There's a 25% tax credit for angel investing, again, mm-hmm. under certain circumstances in the state of Wisconsin. But really what we're about is trying to make sure that the entrepreneur is getting either getting good information from us or having us tell them that we just, don't know anything, mm-hmm. uh, and we're we're we try really really hard to make sure that we're we're uh, we're doing that, which mm-hmm. we think is a is an important part of how this process should work.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a degree of transparency to what you do that is probably not done all the time, right? And I, but, I, know, I, I, yeah, I also know from uh, you know my experience raising money for Terra's Way, I was pitching to individual investors, and that's that's a arduous thing to do, right, for for entrepreneurs, because yeah, you're talking to all sure. kinds of people, um, and so the other benefit that you bring to this whole picture is not having to do that one at one at a time.
1: Well, and we hope you get a better answer i mean the the second best answer to an entrepreneur is a fast no mhm the worst answer is let's talk about this for a year or
0: two right exactly uh,
1: and uh, you know it's almost impossible not to get your hopes up it's almost impossible not to go pitch somebody enthusiastically while at the same time understanding that the odds of this working aren't very good
0: right right
1: and the chances of getting kind of stalled and put off are uh, higher than they should be, and mm-hmm. so you know we're very cognizant. I am very cognizant of the fact that entrepreneurs are completely undiversified. <laughs> you know, when I had when I had my startup, I came home one day and said, "You know, I've signed this enormous personal guarantee for." Right. It was a, a little later, and we got some money from the bank. Right. So I guaranteed it, and and it didn't matter because I didn't have it anyway.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, but everything I had was in mm-hmm. that company every single day. And we understand that entrepreneurs are that way and that they are uh, single-minded, and the good ones are very visionary, and we can mm-hmm. name a lot of them around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so, you know, they deserve our respect and support because if it weren't for them, I, you know, we certainly wouldn't be doing this.
0: Right, right. Well, and and I think that... Um, that you know, just having, as I said, been through that process. The other thing that I think you do um, is give people a bit of feedback because I think one-on-one pitching, um, you get kind of like, well, no, I'm busy or I'm, you know, th- there's sort of, I call it wiffle-waffley stuff. Like you're not really getting feedback about what they didn't like about the thing. So you leave those, those interactions like, Damn, I don't even know what I could do to make this better. You know what I mean? To be more successful with somebody else. Which uh, yeah. Yeah. And then and so then you're kinda like, well, I'm gonna kinda keep pitching the whole the same thing the way it was, and maybe maybe there is something that could have been, you know, something about the business model that could have been worked on to make it more compelling.
1: Uh, one of the vast overstatements I suppose that I am guilty of making frequently is that Sales are are really the number one thing. Now, for some companies that are in the development stage, you have to do the development before you can do the sales. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that one of the things that we try to get people to do is to get as much potential customer feedback as they possibly can as early as they can
2: Mm -hmm. so that they're
1: risking less when they start to build something. Right. Sometimes that's not possible, but oftentimes mm-hmm. it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, if you remember agrobiosciences, uh, T- Tom Rayberger mm-hmm. went out, and figured out that there was going to be a need for uh, antibiotic-free chicken, well beyond the system producing capacity in the United States, and therefore went out and invented a probiotic that would
2: mm-hmm. do
1: that, uh, and and was really successful because he understood not so much, well, I'm sure he understood the the chemistry (laughs) in that process, but it wasn't, that wasn't where he started. Where he started was, here's a need in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And to hear him tell the story it was, hey, he watched a McDonald's commercial during a football game and realized that well, right. they were There's advertising no antibiotic-free chicken. There wasn't mm-hmm. enough chicken in the world to fulfill to it.
0: Fill it. And right. he saw
1: an opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he saw an opportunity based on something he knew really, really well because mm-hmm. he was a deep scientist in the food business. right? Um, and took advantage of it in a way that was efficient and effective and got him to sales pretty mm-hmm. quickly and then had a very nice exit, what, a year ago, May. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, to the extent that everybody can do that, uh, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. some, sometimes, of course, you know, we have a we have a uh, pharmaceutical company that I, I don't think will ever have a dollar of revenue while we own it but <laughs> right. that, because that's what they do. That's, it's, that's what they do, thing. yeah,
0: yeah, of course.
1: But most of the time, you're building for a customer who mm-hmm. says, well, if you can do that, I'll buy it, and mm-hmm. that's where we're trying to go.
0: Right, right. So you're looking for things that... that um, if possible, there's some sort of proof of the commercial vi. or I don't know, that somebody's going to actually buy it, put it that way. I mean, that, that would be like one thing. Well, the like first question place. is, what's
1: the market need, yep. right? So yeah. W- why are we doing this? We, mm-hmm. talk- we talked to some guys, uh, from New York who were doing, a uh, a, a good, a, a good, a good way to coat fresh produce to keep it fresher longer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And so you, you doesn't take you very long to figure out if that's important or not. Right. Because you begin to understand the supply chain and say, mm-hmm. Okay, I, I see if those apples and bananas and whatever can stay on the shelf for or can spend five days longer between being picked and being sold and stay fresher, it's mm-hmm. less waste and so forth and so on. That's where you start. And you say, Okay, I get that. Now you ask, Well, who else is doing this? Mhm. And Really, uh, I would like it if somebody else were doing it because it sort of says there's a market here, right? Right?
0: Right. Um, right.
1: But so, who else might be doing this? What's the customer say? And what are the what are the issues that the customer might have that I'm not thinking about? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, is this an FDA required clearance? Uh, if you're putting a, something on something somebody's going to eat, uh, how does that get taken care of? Are there going to be um, artificial food concerns or whatever. So you ask all those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you assess the risk of execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you begin to move down the line of trying to make a decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of the people, by the time they're talking to you, do they actually have some sales already? Like in food, I would would think they would. Maybe not technology related to food, but food they probably would.
1: I, w- I would say... Sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's not a requirement for right, us. We, right, We, we want to know what people are doing. The, mm-hmm. the fr- food coding guys did not have any revenue. Okay. They were pre-revenue. They were, well, they were pre-approval, I think,
0: mm-hmm. as it as mm-hmm. turned out. hmm so, hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So all those things that you articulated, I mean, I use the word business model for it. I think what one of the things that I see a lot is a lot of focus about on their product at this time and not really realizing that when they're pitching investors, they really need to be pitching their entire business model.
1: Oh, yeah, right. I mean, what I'm fond of saying to people, you know, the guy with the fruit coating for
0: right. the moment. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, What I'm fond of saying is, hey, look, I I have to assume that what you're telling me is going to work. I have to assume that this will keep a banana fresh for a week and that there aren't any health and safety issues. And you've talked about all that. So let's just set that aside for a minute. Now tell me how much you're going to get paid, Mm -hmm. by whom, and when, under what circumstances. And what what are the cash issues, if any? You know, we have a not a food business, but we have a business that makes uh, sensors for school buses, Mm -hmm. and they have, uh, you know, they have to install the bus, so they have to buy the equipment, they have to pay somebody to go install it, they have to test it, make it work, they have to run it down the road, Mm -hmm. and it's 90 days before they see any money, Mm -hmm. right, basically, so you have to time all that out. Right. Uh, other businesses, I mean, the great insight of Dell Computer was that they right. could sell a computer Do it they didn't backwards.
0: have. Right, right.
1: Oh, uh, so mm-hmm. I paid for it first, then you built it, then you sent it to me. What mm-hmm. a great business. Um, but, uh, but, you know, cash flow and managing uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how that's all going to work uh, and explaining the thinking
2: right. is helpful. Right.
1: Now, I wouldn't expect somebody to know all of that before they sold anything because Nothing changes a plan more than contact with reality. But <laughs> um, but I get that. That's okay. I mm-hmm. mean, we're just, you know, the other thing we're trying to do is, you know, we can't see around corners. I mean, what we're trying to do is, is uh, just bring a sort of diagnostic experience, you know, sort mm-hmm. of pattern matching. Well, in cases where there's a 90-day lag in the cash flow, if you don't have three-time sales in the bank, it mm-hmm. probably, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, it doesn't sound very insightful, but that's kind of how we begin to think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's but it's um, thinking about the financial life of the company more than you know what I'm saying, more than just the product and that. That is a leap, I think, for a lot of people when they start – in food in particular, we're all in love with our products um, because we love food. And then you realize, oh, my God, I have to make money at this and I have to have a business model and the whole money well, I have part. to have
1: inventory. Yeah, I have no, exactly. Buy, I have to buy the stuff. Gotta buy to it, it
0: gotta money. get in a package and it takes forever for the distributors to pay you and all that, that stuff. That I gotta, you have, you were I gotta talking pay about. the
1: payroll and mm-hmm. the landlord wants the rent and, yep. and again, none of that is none of that is hard particularly. Uh, you know, I always say if entrepreneurship would were hard we'd all have to be engineers, but
0: <laughs> Oh, no, um, no, don't say that.
1: But <laughs> it, but, it, but it's it's knowable. Mm-hmm. It's just that Sometimes it feels like a detail, but it can make or break the whole game. Really.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it sounds like in your process you do some feedback about those things, even if people aren't, even if you're not investing. Maybe it's just a little bit, but it's not just like, oh, you know, nope, not interested today.
1: Uh, right. Well, that's right. I mean, we try very hard not to do that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a It's such a great resource. Um what you do is amazing. So, all right, so uh, you've done, it sounds like you've got quite a lot of investments out there now.
1: Oh, yeah, probably on you know, investments where we've been either the lead investor or the follow-on investor. I think we're in 85 or wow. something like that.
0: Wow, that's fantastic.
1: Over, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what is it, mm-hmm. almost 17 years. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. We've had some nice successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've
0: had a couple of uh, not not so nice successes.-hmm Yeah, <laughs> so but nice. you know the, the odds are, are would say that that was true, right?
1: Well, of course. I mean we're very early stage and we're taking a fair amount of risk mm-hmm. and um, there we
0: are.-hmm. And are your people ed- exiting to like venture funds or are the venture funds coming in and then there's a bigger exit? or how does that usually play out for for you?
1: Uh, we've had, um, I would say, pl- we've never had an IPO. I don't know if we ever will.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we've had um, a sale to um, a private equity buyer twice. We've mm-hmm. had uh, a sale to a public company once, mm-hmm. twice, three, three times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we've had uh, another private equity sale recently, last uh, Month or month before,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then we sold a company to another strategic buyer earlier this year. So it, it, so the big two are, you know, you may have seen this. We sold a company called Dynamist to uh, a big insurance brokerage mm-hmm. firm in mm-hmm. Atlanta that wanted the capability. So that's right. one method. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes um, there's a private equity firm that's building a bigger. Company out of a bunch mm, of other companies, right, and, right. and we've sold to them. Mm-hmm. But those are really the kind of the two big ones. Mm-hmm. We we once did a recapitalization with an owner where the owner paid us, but that was because the company was failing. I
0: think. Right. So do you when when you. Um, um, when a company like that is getting ready for a, a transaction like that, are are you um, helping them with the sale, or is that something that you leave up to the company?
1: Uh, well, somebody's helping them with the sale all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not us, right? The the uh, the, the Dynamis sale was, uh, you know, we were the lead investor and had people on their board of directors that
2: mm-hmm. they were in, that they
1: involved in the transaction. Other right. times. It's um, somebody else, but almost always there's there's some investor involved in the transaction. Mm-hmm. In the trend mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And, and um, those, so it sounds like you've got a portfolio. I'm just thinking, running the numbers in my head. So um, you're holding companies for a while, it sounds like.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, we are. I mean, uh, we are, and this is just a philosophy comment, we are multi-round um, investors. Mm. So we, if we like the company and we think that they're great, we continue to invest uh, as, all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it, it, there are other uh, people who are one-check investors and who say that up front. Right. Regardless right. of what happens next, we're only doing one investment because our investment strategy is to we'd rather be in 40 companies than Fifteen, mm-hmm. where you're doing two or three rounds. Frankly, when you look at the results, it's equivocal. It kind of works either way. Mm-hmm. But we we feel like you know we we want to give the entrepreneurs who were aligned with the the uh, the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. We've also helped companies that we've invested in find bigger investors to come in in
0: bigger round. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, see that's another real benefit of working with a group like yours because individual investors that they, they I don't know, it does this doesn't tend to be what they do, right? They're just investing and they maybe they have their own company or whatever and they don't know any of those people. Those right. people meaning the true. bigger funds, that's not what they do. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something about a board of directors. We should talk about that, too. So um, usually, you know, when when I was raising money with Terra's Way, one of the issues that came up was, you know, what kind of board representation would I have or would our investors have? And it sounds like you guys tend to like to have a board seat. Is that fair?
1: Well, uh, so a board of directors... Uh has the fiduciary responsibility to the stockholder,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to the angel investor who put in the money, right? Except, except insofar as that person is the stockholder. Mm-hmm. But um, we take that pretty seriously. So, if one of our people is going to be on a board, they have to attend a board training session that we run once a year. Nice, uh, mm-hmm. because we just. You know, I've been to meetings where somebody walks in and says, well, I'm here representing the ABC Angel Group. Well, right. no, you're really not. Yeah, yeah. And right. and the lens through which you're making decisions has to be what's good for the company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, plus, uh, we try to make sure that we're only putting people on boards that have something to add. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes mm-hmm. that's, you know, financial experience that the company doesn't have, or sometimes it's sales experience, or mm-hmm. sometimes industry experience. Um and if we don't have somebody that fits those patterns, we won't we won't probably we'll probably look for somebody else to be on the board, which right. we do also where mm-hmm. we go out and find a third party to mm-hmm. sit on a board. Um so it depends. But but well, that's a pretty important category of activity for a company and we we uh we, again, that's probably the main channel through which we think we can be helpful in situations where, where we're uh, leading the investment. And for us, that's mm-hmm. probably currently 12 companies.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you could, um, you know, I, I had to assemble a board. I, I kind of tried to look at having investors that had um, some kind of in- industry experience or, or they're, you know, a CPA on their own accounting firm, that would be good or legal or something. One of the things that I, 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 looking back, would do differently, would I didn't have any outside board members on my board, and I think you get some different perspective if everybody isn't uh, an investor on the board.
1: Yeah, I agree with
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you're kind of limited to you know, you're limited to the people who are your investors and, right? So, it it yeah, it's just one of these things too. I think w- when people are first um looking at raising um equity from angel investors, that's they probably didn't even have a board before, and this is the time then they really need to be thinking about that. And they probably don't even uh,
1: have well, yeah. I think yeah, you know, I mean I think they do. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. taking enough money, people are going to ask.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm my perspective about this is it's one of those things that, you know, you don't you don't even realize that part of the reason people aren't investing in you is you they don't, you don't have a board, right? So, I I kind I encourage people when they're getting to this phase that they just they need to set up a board. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So. Um, Is there anything else that you can think of? We talked about a lot of stuff, but anything else you can think of about um, just equity investing in general or working with investors that you'd like to share with folks?
1: Well, the best investment is (laughs) sales, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The first uh, software company that started after General Electric had, uh, had a customer, Mm-hmm. It was Boston store. And uh, we started the company around that customer's demand or interest in what we were doing. And they paid us every month. And I'd go down to the Boston store on payables day and sit in the lobby till they gave me the check and then <laughs> deposited on the way home I to make the it. payroll. Yep. Um, yep. That's the best investment
0: because, mm-hmm. it's, it's
1: uh, you know, you don't – it's. It, you, you don't have to pay it back to somebody.
0: Right, uh, right. Second
1: best, if you can get it, is bank debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that company started to grow and we were eating cash, I borrowed money
2: mm-hmm. to finance. It. Right.
1: Uh, and it wasn't until it got to be much bigger and it really needed some growth capital beyond what the bank would put in that mm-hmm. I that I took some equity investment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, the first thing is uh, take as little money as. It rationally makes sense, but don't take so little that you're going to die. Right. And then make sure that when you do that, you're doing it on terms that will make sense for the next round.
2: Mm-hmm. Investment.
1: We see companies that have raised money in ways that you know were great when they did it, but no one else will come, up, come along right. in here. Mm-hmm. And then that gets really painful. And in fact, one of the things. I don't think we've actually done uh, in 17 years, is say to a company, well, we like the company, we like you, but the uh, price you sold the stock for a year ago was too high, so we're only going to buy it if we could cut the price
2: Mm, down. mm -hmm.
1: We just don't do that because Mm -hmm. it's so painful for the entrepreneur and the guys that invested it before.
0: Right, right. You
1: know, know, we've had that done to us once. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, people don't forget. And so we just walk away from those instead Mm -hmm. of getting in the middle of that. But Mm -hmm. So you have to, you know, you have to be careful about that. And I would say that it's not too hard, especially in the Midwest, to get really, really bad advice when you're raising money. You get advice that says, well, let's do this funky
2: structure or
1: let's do this or do that. You know, you often see startup entrepreneurs with a great idea that have spent, thousands of dollars on what's called a private placement memorandum
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is sort of a stock offering document
2: mm-hmm. and it's, it's yeah.
1: most I don't think we've ever invested in a company that a private placement mm-hmm. memorandum at an early stage it just isn't worth the effort mm-hmm. now my mm-hmm. my attorney friends are going to yell at me for they, saying they that but I, but will, I really but think but that's true
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um, so. do, you, do you guys ever do convertible notes at all or, or is that always well, see, there's everybody. a
1: place for those mm-hmm. there's um, now the problem with a convertible note is you don't get any of the tax benefits that go with an
0: investment. Mm, right. So that's the problem. Until it converts, uh, right?
1: And the and the yeah and, mm-hmm. and the the terms under which it converts get to be a bit controversial, you know. Right, contra-
0: of course. Convertible
1: notes ten years ago were two pages. I mm-hmm. saw one last year that was 35. Oh no. Five. So it's like negotiating a deal, right? So like, well, right. No. So
0: why would I do, do that? That yeah, it takes away the. But benefit. if you're in
1: a situation where the company needs the money, and there's a there's a milestone event six months out or mm-hmm. something, well, that it makes perfect sense to do that. I, right. You know, we've done a bunch of them, and mm-hmm. I'm not opposed.
2: But mm-hmm.
1: generally, you'd like the clock to start on the tax benefit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and you'd like to not have to have. Uh, you'd you'd like for everybody to be on the same page. Right. So the good reason to do a convertible note is, um, you know, you have a new product launching in the spring and you just need six months worth of cash to get there. But a bad reason is, you know, I'm going to finance the company for three or four years with several million dollars on a convertible note because that way I don't have to figure out what the pricing really ought to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's gotten to be less, in favor than it used to
0: be Mm, okay well that's interesting so what what other kinds of things can um entrepreneurs do that make it hard later other than setting a share price that's too high
1: well i used to get beat up (laughs) i can (laughs) remember i I would go on sales calls with Uh with, uh, one of our product managers and uh of course, I was in love with my product, and right. I could do anything, right? And we'd sit in the meeting, and he's trying to get an order, and the customer would say, well, you know, I'd buy this if it were, you know, if it were pink. Right. Instead of blue. And I'd say, oh, okay, we can do we that. We can make it
0: pink. Kick,
1: and he'd kick me in the shin. Mm-hmm. And get out to the car, and it was like, could you please not be the sales prevention guy? <laughs> you know, I'd... You don't have to make a Maserati. The guy wanted a bicycle. But, mm-hmm. You know, let's deliver what the customer wants, which is why I think minimally viable product is such an uh, interesting concept that you hear people say, which is right. really the same thing, which is mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. sell what works and what will satisfy the demand we see, and then let's build version 2, 3, 4.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, of course, that conserves capital as well. Of and course, it, it is, yeah. It's easy to say and it sounds obvious, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's really hard for entrepreneurs not to want to make the pink one because mm-hmm. they know they can and makes the customer happy. Right?
0: right, right. It it makes me nervous when people call me and they're talking about, well, we do this thing and then we're going to do this thing and then we have four more things we're going to do, and it's like, yeah, uh, too much, right? Well, sure, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I mean, other other things we had um, we had somebody who did a it it, it actually worked out great. But um, you know, Henry from Mob did a, a craft fund. You know, did that crowdfunding thing. Sure. Um, sure. And. It ended up working great because he ended up being able to do his second round through bank debt and uh, um, and the sale of distribution rights, but but bringing in all those people, he had like I don't know sixty individual investors, and it's like I don't know who's gonna want to come in next if you have sixty people before you. You know what I mean? In a real startup. That's right. I mean, that's a, to me, that's an example of things that it sounds like a great idea in the beginning, but then it comes back to haunt you later.
1: Well, your crowdfunding is still not a very popular method for uh, having to come in afterward. And, right. you know, maybe right. it'll work itself out over time. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but... But yeah, you know, we, we've never done anything that's had crowdfunded equity in front of it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just who wants to deal with 60 people or whatever the number is, it's too much. So yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, anything else we haven't talked about or I think we've we've um, run the gambit here.
1: I, I think I'm good. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining us. I mean, I as I said when I talked to you originally, I I could talk to individual angel investors as a way to help people understand what angels do. But then I thought of you because you have been doing all the work you've been doing to sort of cultivate the – the eco and ecosystem of angel investors, and you see so much because you, you're, you know, your perspective is so much broader because of that. So, thank you for joining us today. It's been great to talk. You're welcome. Yeah, take care. Okay. All see right. You, Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org. Thank mm-hmm. you.